Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We are currently in the series, Flaw Faith, a delightful series on how not to be. We hope it's a blessing. Father, we are so thankful for another day just to hear from you. And God, I believe what we're going to discuss today is timely. It's appropriate for what we're walking through as a church in this particular season. I also think it's appropriate for what we're experiencing in the world right now, in our own country even. And so I pray that you'd give us soft hearts to listen to what you want to say. God, would you place something into each and every life today and into each and every heart that we would walk out of here ready to do whatever it is that you're asking of us. God, help us to be ready to be obedient to you, to let your word dominate our thinking to let it change us, and to help us move away from blah faith. God, all summer long, we've been talking about different ways we can have a dynamic faith. And I believe once we trust in Jesus alone to rescue us, that our walk with you should be living and active and real. Should be something that drives us. But so often, life gets in the way and there's pain and hardship, or there's the opposite of that. There's success, and we kind of forget about you a little bit. And when that happens, our friendship with you, our faith, can become a little blah. And so, God, as we dive into another area, I pray that you would use this to challenge us and to encourage us. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's our statement, our big idea for today. And that is, if you want to have blah faith, if you want a faith that is lacking in meaningful content or is boring, if you want that, then don't even think about surprising the world. Don't. Don't even think about surprising the world. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to throw a question at that statement. Because if we're supposed to surprise the world, then I think it's very helpful to define that and to have a common understanding of what that means. So what does it mean if we're supposed to surprise the world? What does that look like? Well, here's a definition. Surprising the world means this, to be a godly, intriguing, socially adventurous, joyous, Thankful presence in the lives of others. That's a lot of words, isn't it? If we're going to surprise the world, though, this is what it is. It's being a godly, intriguing, socially adventurous, joyous, thankful presence in the lives of others. Think about this now. If I'm going to surprise the world, if that's going to happen for me, then I have to be. I mean, it just has to be true of me. It's not really an option. I have to be a godly, intriguing, socially adventurous, joyous, thankful presence in the lives of others. I can't hide from others. I have to be present in their world. I have to understand them 
in this way. If I'm going to surprise the world, this has to be true of me. If you are going to surprise the world, this has to be true of you. If we, as a faith community, as an organization, as a church, if we are going to surprise the world, I think this has to be true. We've got to concentrate. We're never going to get this done perfectly, but in our imperfect ways, we've got to be a godly, intriguing, socially adventurous, joyous, thankful presence in the lives of others. And boy, does our world need this more than ever. Especially those who are waving the flag of racism and hatred and bigotry. Somebody has to stand up and surprise the world in a different kind of way, in a godly and joy kind of way. And I think this is our opportunity to be that kind of surprise and delight for a world that is looking and needing this. With your Bible or your device, I want you to find Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to read a couple of verses out of this great paragraph here. Colossians is right after the New Testament book of Philippians, and then right before the book of 1 Thessalonians. These are all great books, and so if you find 1 Thessalonians or Philippians, you are close to Colossians. A great New Testament book written by a guy named Paul who was an apostle, he was a leader in the early church, he was a prolific author in the New Testament, he was a very intelligent, well-educated, trained individual. And as he writes these words that we'll read in just a moment, he's actually in prison. And the reason he's in prison is because of his stand for Christ. And the officials got a little tipped over about what he was saying and asked him to stop and he wouldn't refuse. And so they put him in prison. But that didn't stop Paul from surprising the world. And so he wrote to a group of people, a church in the city of Colossae. And he had some things to say to them. Even while he was bound up in prison, he had some things to say to them about how they could surprise the world, and in doing that, move away from blah faith. And so, here's what he says. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And here's what else I want you to do. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. So I've been talking about this message. I got in trouble. I'm in jail now. Verse 4. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. I want to pause there because I think these are remarkable statements. Here's an individual just trying to live for God. Trying to share the message. The most important truth in all of the world That Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again, paying the price for our sins. And when we trust in him alone, when we embrace his leadership and forgiveness, we can have a forever friendship with God. That's all he's doing. And people don't like it and they throw him in jail. I don't know about you, but at that point, I'm going to be pretty frustrated. And I'm probably not going to actively find ways to proclaim his message as clearly as I should. So Paul is just a remarkable individual. 
He gets the calling in his life and he wants to live that out in dynamic ways. He wants to surprise the world. Now, this is where you need to get your talk notes ready because what he delivers next in verses five and six are three directives. And I believe it is these three directives that help us to know in a practical way, that help Valley Point Church, us, know how we as well can surprise the world. So we're going to lift these directives straight out of the text. Number one, we find in verse five, it says this, live wisely among those who are not believers. All right, if you want to surprise the world, here's the deal. Start by doing this. Live wisely among those who are not believers. That word live has the idea of as you walk around, as you behave, as you conduct your life. You've heard me use this phrase. Where you live, work, and play. That's where we live. That's how we conduct our lives. In our homes, in our communities, in our schools where we work. This is where we move and we are around and about in the community. So the challenge here is as you are walking around, conduct your life wisely is the word. That actually comes from the Greek word Sophia, which is a beautiful female name. And there's a lot of girls in this church named Sophia. Well, that word actually has the idea of being prudent, being discreet. It also carries the idea of have the capacity to understand. So live as you're walking around, as you behave, as you conduct your life. Live, Sophia. Live with discretion. Have the capacity to understand and hence act wisely with those who have yet to cross the line of faith. That's directive number one. Live wisely among those who are not believers. Directive two. The next part of verse five says, make the most of every opportunity. And the construction of the sentence has the idea of redeem, work in a diligent way, buy back the time, or redeem the time. Right? So, Live as you are moving around, as you conduct your business, be prudent, be wise about that. Have the capacity to understand those who are not believers. And now buy back the time. Work hard at that, redeeming the time that we have with those who may not know anything about Christ and his love. Directive three, it's verse six. Let your conversation then. Be gracious and attractive. Wow. (laughs) I think this is where it gets really practical. So live as you move out and about, as you do that, conduct yourself in such a way that you can buy back the time. And now, conversations. And this isn't even necessarily talking about faith conversations. This is all conversations. They should have this as a mark of them graciousness, and they should be attractive. Here's a question for all of us. What would people say about your conversation right now? The words that you are using, the things that you say, 
Is it gracious? Is it attractive? Is it creating thirst in people to buy back the time? To redeem the time? To make the most of every opportunity that we have with people who may not know anything about our loving Savior? Is it that way or not? It's a great question for all of us. So, live wisely among those who are not believers. Make the most of every opportunity and let your conversation be gracious and attractive. This is what we see. Now, why do we do that? Here's how verse 6 ends. Colossians chapter 4. So that, we do this stuff. Directive 1, 2, and 3. We do that so that you will have the right response for everyone. So there is a real sense here. When we live wisely among those who are not believers, when we make the most of every opportunity, when our conversations are gracious and attractive, that I think God will give us the right response to everyone. I think that is something that is going to happen. Now listen, I think when we do this, when we live wisely, when we make the most of every opportunity, and when our conversations are gracious and attractive, Here's what's going to happen. I believe we're going to surprise the world. And I believe that is something that we should pursue. It's going to happen. If we live that way, if we pull off these directives, we're going to surprise the world and we're going to have the right response for everyone who asks about that. Recently, I did some thinking about Valley Point Church and where we are right now and what has happened and what is happening. And you need to know that we're walking through a very special time as a church. We really are. And I think you get that. And if you're newer to Valley Point, God has really done some incredible things here. And a lot of churches don't get the joy of going on the types of faith journeys that we have traveled. And so we're very excited about that. And we seek to stay very humble in the process. But this is a very special time for us. And so I, I had a little bit of downtime to think about this and I came to the conclusion that we have a story as a church that we share. And remember, the church is not a structure, it's not a building, the church is people, it's made up of believers and so as we go out and about where we live, work and play, we as a church, as Valley Point Church, we are sharing a story. And I know that to be true based on the conversations that I have with influential and community leaders. I know that to be true. As a matter of fact, on Thursday, I got an email from a community leader. And I, I want to read this to you because I was so encouraged. It says this, My reason for emailing is that I just finished a meeting with several members of the community. And during the discussion, the topic of your church came up. Everyone praised Valley Point as an extraordinary neighbor and a great asset to our community. Now, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And that does not happen without purposeful activity. And so I've had time to think, and I get emails like this, and it's so encouraging. And so I want to share with you our story. I tried to put language and words to this, and so... Here is Valley Point's short story. Here's what we're telling people, I think. At the speed of real relationships, 
we will accelerate into our surrounding communities one after another and surprise them with the real truth of Jesus and the joyous impact of his church. That's our short story. Some of the things that I hear back from other people. At the speed of real relationships, just accelerating into our surrounding communities, wherever God takes us, where we live, work, and play, into these different places, one after another, and we're seeking to surprise people with the real truth of Jesus and the joyous impact of his church. My question is this. Are we adding value that way? Are we actually doing that Or is it just a story with words on a screen? Are we actually adding value into the relationships and into the communities around us or not? Because if we're not, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. And so God has just given me this deep burden again to kind of ring the bell a little bit about what happens around here. And why we exist as a church and what we're seeking to accomplish and that our story is something that we live and not just something that we say, but that we're actually doing this. And look, we have a new homecoming in 16 weeks and that is going to be very exciting and we're going to move into that place and celebrate. That's going to happen, but the building is not the end for us. Okay? The building is not the end for us. It's just a place. It's an important place. But it's just a place. And if we're not doing this, if we're not accelerating into our surrounding communities and surprising individuals with the real truth of Jesus and the joyous impact of his church, where we meet won't matter. It won't matter. And so we got to constantly go back and remind ourselves of what we do and why. And so I want to focus again on mission and surprising the world. Because I believe with everything inside of me that this is what God has called us to do as a church. So to help with focusing on that, I want to read a story to you. Okay? So take a deep breath. Can you do that? Relax a little bit. It's story time. Now, I have shared this story three or four, maybe even five times with you. So for some of you, like, oh, I I know that story. But I am committed to reading this at least once or twice a year because it paints a picture of what mission drift looks like. And if we don't stay on mission, if we don't constantly think about surprising the world and what God has called us to do to accelerate into our communities. We'll do all kinds of different things that we're not really supposed to be doing and we will drift and we just can't allow that to happen. So story time. Here we go. This is called the life-saving station story. On a dangerous seacoast where shipwrecks often occur, there was once a crude little life-saving station. The building was just a hut and there was only one boat, but the few devoted members kept a constant watch over the sea. And with no thought for themselves, they went out day or night tirelessly searching for the lost. Many lives were saved by this wonderful little station so that it became famous. Some of those who were saved and various others in the surrounding areas wanted to become associated with the station and give of their time and money and effort for the support of its work. 
New boats were bought and new crews were trained. The little life-saving station grew. Some of the new members of the life-saving station were unhappy that the building was so crude and so poorly equipped. They felt that a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge of those saved from the sea. So here's what they did. They replaced the emergency cots with beds and put better furniture in an enlarged building. Now the life-saving station became a popular gathering place for its members, and they redecorated it beautifully and furnished it as sort of a club. Less of the members were now interested in going to sea on life-saving missions, so they hired lifeboat crews to do this work. The mission of life-saving was still given lip service, but most were too busy or lacked the necessary commitment to take part in the life-saving activities personally. About this time, a large ship was wrecked off the coast, and the hired crews brought in boatloads of cold, wet, and half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick, and some spoke a strange language, and the beautiful new club was considerably messed up. So the property committee immediately had a shower house built outside the club where victims of shipwreck could be cleaned up before stepping inside. At the next meeting, there was a split in the club membership. Most of the members wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities as being unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal life pattern of the club. But some members insisted that life-saving was their primary purpose and pointed out that they were still called a life-saving station. But they were finally voted down and told that if they wanted to save the life of all the various kinds of people who were shipwrecked in those waters, they could begin their own life-saving station down the coast. And they did. As the years went by, the new station experienced the same change that had occurred in the old. They evolved into a club, and yet another life-saving station was founded. If you visit the seacoast today, you'll find a number of exclusive clubs along that shore. Shipwrecks are still frequent in those waters. Only now, most of the people drown. Sad story. Sad story. It's a classic story of mission drift. A group, an organization, started out doing this thing over here, and all of a sudden, they get sophisticated, and they discover new things, and they have some success, and all of a sudden, they're way over here, and they're off of their mission, and no longer helping and serving and surprising the world. It happens to organizations all of the time. It happens to churches all of the time, and we can't let that happen here. We cannot forget our short story. At the speed of real relationships, we will accelerate into the communities around us one after another and surprise them with the real truth of Jesus and the joyous impact of his church and what it can do for them. When that happens, when we continually engage in that and get back to that, when we may drift a little bit, I believe we will be surprising the world I think that will happen. And our faith will be filled with adventure and danger and joy. And it will not be blah because we'll have the wonder of following after Jesus and what he is accomplishing right here and certainly around the world. So we'll move away from blah faith. 
and in the process, surprise the world. I have one takeaway for everybody. And I've thought about this takeaway a little bit. It's probably the most unique takeaway that I have ever given here. It's practical. It's simple. I think every single person in here can engage in this takeaway. Now, I know occasionally you're like, yeah, you know, I won't do that one. Or, you know, maybe that one I'll think about. But here's the deal. In order to avoid mission drift and live our short story and surprise the world, I need 100% engagement in this. And so I made this about as interactive of a takeaway as I could. So ready for the takeaway? All right, here it is. Over the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, doesn't matter. I want you to share a meal with someone from Valley Point. So you get to go out and eat. All right, you can laugh about that. I want you to go out and eat with people, all right? And here's why I want you to do that. Because that takes us out of here and moves us away from each other. We will accelerate into our community and we'll be able to surprise people by simply sharing a meal. Here's why I chose a meal. I think sharing a meal with people, it is the great equalizer. Because by and large, everybody loves food. And so when you get the opportunity to sit down and share a meal with someone, it just kind of opens up the lines of communication. I think sharing a meal represents inclusivity and generosity. And it helps us to enter the world of the other person and bring value to them. And that is the whole purpose of doing this. Simply to add value to other people. And that's why I want you to find someone outside of Valley Point Church. Look, we spend enough time together. It's good for us to accelerate, find people outside of Valley Point for the sole purpose of adding value into that relationship. And I think sharing a meal, the inclusivity of that, the generosity of that, gives us the opportunity to add value to other people. We will never have the opportunity to talk to someone about deep issues of faith If we don't give value to them first, it's just never going to happen, especially in today's world and culture. And so this is about us accelerating into our communities and giving value and serving other people. So here's what that looks like. Just imagine you get the opportunity to invite somebody over to your home for dinner and the generosity of hosting. That's a great thing. Or maybe you invite them out to eat somewhere. Be sure you pay for that. By the way, don't be cheap. All right, if you invite them out for dinner, you pay for all of that because here's how you can add value. It's friendship. People are looking for friends. It's kindness. It's not enough kindness anymore. It's compassion. It's laughing with people. And maybe even crying with someone who needs that. And in doing that over a fantastic meal, we're just pouring value into the lives of people. So this is not about having a meal together to share the finer points of Christianity. Don't do it. Not yet. Don't do that. This is not about sharing a meal to debate. Don't do it. This is not about even sharing a meal to invite to Valley Point Church. Don't invite. Don't do it. 
Find somebody over the next few weeks. Be inclusive with them. Get generous. Share a meal. And give value to them. And who knows where God will take that. So go out and eat. All right? That's the challenge today. That's what you get from church. Go out and eat. All right? I think we can do this. I want to close by reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This was also written by the Apostle Paul. And I came across this a couple of weeks ago. It's from the message version of the Bible. And it really struck me as powerful and dynamic. And I've I've read it before. But in thinking about surprising the world. and, And serving people first. And adding value to people. I think we have an amazing example of someone who had the ability to do this and speaks powerfully. So here's 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It starts by saying, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone. That's what Paul said. I'm free of those things. I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all. I just imagine if we began to think that way. You know, with who I am and where I live, work, and play, where I go to school, to my boss, to the people that are under me, to friends, to to neighbors, what if I voluntarily became a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people? And here's his list. These people still exist, the religious, the non-religious, the meticulous moralists. How about the loose living immoralists? The defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. By the way, you don't have to be like people, but you do have to like people. That needs to happen, and that's about accelerating into our communities. So I didn't take on their way of life. I I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world. And I think sharing a meal with people will do that. I entered their world. I tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. And as I think about Valley Point Church and as I look out and see so many of you and I know a lot of stories and a lot of your heart and the successes that you've had as well as some hardships. One of the things I love about what we're becoming is I sense that we are a church who wants to be in on helping people find Christ. We want to be in on that journey. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to be in on it. And so today is about saying, let's not forget our short story about accelerating into our communities with the real truth of Jesus and the joyous impact of his church. And let's move away from blah faith by adding value to people A very simple and practical way we can do this is by sharing a meal. By the way, students, those of you in middle school, high school, and college age, you may have the greatest opportunity to do this. So this isn't just for your parents and old people, all right? You have a great opportunity 
to share a meal with someone and do nothing more than add value to them. So you're great at this. Lean into that. And as we do that, we're in on the message. We're surprising the world. And in the process, moving away from blah faith. Let's do it together. Enjoy eating this week. Father, thank you for this challenge. Some interesting things we find in Colossians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians. Paul was certainly an amazing individual who really desired to help other people see you. That's what he wanted. And so God, he found ways to serve people. Even from prison, he was seeking that. God, would you give us that kind of burden as followers of you that we would seek to say, I want to accelerate into my surroundings. I want to build relationships. I want to serve people. God, sometimes maybe we make this a whole lot harder than what it needs to be. So would you help us to take this practical suggestion and just invite somebody outside of Valley Point and have a meal with them? Just to eat together? To get into their world? To serve them and to add value by giving kindness and generosity and friendship away? God, who knows where you'll take that? Maybe it will lead to something else. Maybe it won't. That's not the point. I think the point is we do what you would want us to do. And that is where we live, work, and play, where we go to school to be the kind of light that you want us to be. So God, would you help me and would you help Valley Point Church to stay on mission. God, help us not to drift. Help us to stay focused. And even as we move in a few weeks into a new facility, may you use that as a new way, a new platform to serve even more people. That's what we desire. So God, help us to just be a godly, socially adventurous, joyous presence, all of those words. God, help us to accomplish that. Help us to surprise people. We ask for this in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.